Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. If Democrats were really looking for a way to discredit their own committee on January 6th, it happened when they allowed a U.S. Capitol Police officer to go on TV with Don Lemon. That happened last night. Game over, man. Game over. It's done. This is the man who claims that racial epithets were thrown his way. People say, you know, what are you going to do, doubt him? Well, now I am. I mean, there's video out there of almost every part of what took place on January 6th. Let's see it. Because to call a guy a liar just because he goes on CNN, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a bit of a stretch. But going on CNN did not make us think that the conversation you were having on this January 6th committee with these members of Congress wasn't just a wee bit partisan. Sure, you can have your own politics. I'm not here to tell you. You voted for Biden, you vote for Biden. I know people who voted for Biden. Hopefully now they learned their mistake, but neither here nor there. You're allowed to vote for whomever you choose. The point is, do you do the job when the moment calls for it? We're not discussing whether or not you did the job, Officer Dunn. We're discussing whether or not you made the entire committee look political, which we always knew it was, and which was our opposition to it. You didn't make it easier for people to accept the results of a committee. You made it for some, just it was never going to be, and for others, you made it impossible. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter. Tony Katz, everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. Now, this does tie into an interesting bit of polling to the extent that you can believe any polling at all. But it's the it's the second or third or hundredth piece about how uh, Kamala Harris is not well-liked. There's nothing to like about Kamala Harris. She's just impossible. Kamala Harris makes Hillary Clinton look like a friend. Whoa there. Six months into office, according to The Hill, Harris is viewed less favorably than President Biden. Yeah, this is absolutely positively true. She's got a combined unfavorable 46%. Biden, it's a 43%. Let's not get ourselves too wrapped up in the idea that Kamala Harris is going to be the nominee come 2024. No, wait, no, wait, let me say that differently. She's going to be the nominee come 2024 because who's really going to challenge her unless it's somebody from the left, which creates a bit of infighting, and that's, you know, that's always uh, fun to watch. Yes, 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 yes. But she isn't liked across the country. And where do you pick up those independents? The only way you create a problem is if you run Donald Trump in 2024. Should I just put myself officially on that now? All right, I'll put it on that now. Trump should not run in 2024. There. I've said it. I got way ahead of the game. It's so early. I'm just making the point that these kinds of numbers are hard things to turn around, especially when the issue is not an issue 
but the candidate themselves. The issue with Kamala Harris isn't the border. The issue with Kamala Harris isn't masks. The issue with Kamala Harris isn't a bit of policy. The problem that people, or the reason that people don't like Kamala Harris is because of Kamala Harris. That's the problem. She's unlikable. Hillary, unlikable. There are likable Democrats out there. I don't know why you don't run one. She's just not one of them. Are there likable female Democrats out there? Well, yeah, there are likable female Democrats out there. They've got to be. I just happened to name two that were completely and totally unlikable. Um, Elizabeth Warren? No. Wait. Hmm. Amy Klobuchar? Hmm. Not if you don't want a stapler thrown at you. No. No. Um, female. De- uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez? Well, she's likable enough. But she can't run for president. Um, Kirsten Cinema, Totally likable. But for Democrats, not enough of a Democrat. Did you see Ocasio-Cortez going at her, uh, basically uh, calling her a racist for her position on the $3.5 trillion infrastructure reconciliation proposal? She's not down with the $3.5 trillion. So Ocasio-Cortez is like, well... Well, uh, yeah, uh, clearly you don't like the brown constituents. <laughs> She's just so awful. By the way, has she gotten any blowback for saying, going back to, ca- to January 6th, that she thought she may be raped? It was, it was a absolutely horrible thing to say. And when you say something like that, what, what are you going to tell her? You, you didn't feel that way? She felt any way she felt. How would I know? How would I know how she felt any which way? I don't get to decide for her. But because of that, you say something out loud, you know, uh, because uh, white supremacy is so tied to the patriarchy. I swear to you, I can't make that up. That's what she said. And then she feared she was going to be raped, even though she was nowhere near... What was happening? I'm not going to tell the woman how she felt or how she didn't feel. My question is, are there women out there who have suffered sexual abuse or worse or have suffered rape? And do they think that's an acceptable thing to say? That's, I'm very curious about that. But there's Harry Dunn, the Capitol Police officer, showing up on Don Lemon's show. They didn't know that this was everything you shouldn't do. And there he is talking about riots that took place in in, in other places, whether it's Portland or Minneapolis or Indianapolis. I'm not a street cop. I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be these the officers in Portland and Minnesota and Seattle and across the country that went through hell. My heart goes out to them. I they didn't deserve any of the stuff that they went through. And a lot of people want to say, well, what about those guys? They are freaking heroes, too. They deserve credit. They deserve honor. They deserve respect. Every single cop this summer that was met against Antifa and the vicious rioters this summer, they absolutely deserve the credit and respect those officers do. They don't deserve it. 
just like on January 6th, it seems like it can't be this and this. It has to be this or that. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, it should only be this and this. If we're discussing the idea that we should care about what happened at the Capitol and we should also care about what happened on the streets of Minneapolis, yes, I agree. As a matter of fact, Officer Dunn, we've been saying this for seven months now. That we should care about all of it. That a riot on the streets of Minneapolis is just as damaging to America as a riot at the Capitol. Where we disagree, sir, is not necessarily with you, although I may have some disagreements with you. It's with those people sitting on this committee who say that democracy itself was under threat. No, it was not and this is where the difference is i put forth to you that the people saying that democracy was under threat are lying they are purposefully knowingly willfully not telling the truth they are lying for political purposes because the only other option i can give is that they are really fools and that's to not even give them the benefit of the doubt i can't At this stage of the game, I can't give them the benefit of the doubt. A guy dressed as a centaur is going to take down the democracy, or I'm sorry, the republic, is a threat to American democracy. Twitter not allowing Donald Trump to speak is more of a threat to democracy than the guy dressed as a centaur. Change my mind. By the way, I, Stephen Crowder, man, get healthy. Good Lord. Stephen Crowder does change my mind. Has some, some serious uh, health issue, and he, he, he's, a, he's a commentator, and he, and he does a, a show, and he put it on Twitter, and you see the amount of people on social media are like, hope you die. What in the world? I wouldn't wait. If I really hated somebody that much, I wouldn't waste the typing on them. Holy goodness gracious. But change my mind that uh, the the banning of people and the stopping of people from being able to communicate on, on social media and trying to, 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 to ban books, this is somehow less problematic than a guy dressed as a centaur going into the Capitol, which, by the way, he should have been stopped. But then Don Lemon chimes in on this conversation. And look who what he's excusing. It's both of them. Why can't both things exist? Both things are true. You think they're shifting the blame or shifting at least trying to shift the focus from what happened? Listen, there we can deal with many things in this country at the same time. And if something happens, it doesn't mean that you go, oh, what about this? What about that? Can we focus on what happened on January 6th where our democracy was in jeopardy? We should be. This is this weren't just people who were who were exercising. um, Some of them were exercising their right to protest. Mm -hmm. Others went way too far. That's a different story than trying to undermine democracy and stop an election. Okay. first, let's break this down because there's three parts to this. First same time and if something happens it doesn't mean that you go oh well, what about this what about that can we focus on what happened on january 6th where our democracy our democracy was not at stake but what we're focusing on is riots i'm the one who's focused we guys we're the ones who are focused he's not focused because he wants to focus on one riot and i want to focus on rioting just like you but our democracy was not at stake 
So here he is trying to split the baby by claiming people are trying to split the baby. Was in jeopardy. We should be. This is this weren't just people who were who were exercising. Um, some of them were exercising their right to protest. Mm-hmm. Others went way too far. Some of the people who attended that rally went way too far. But hundreds of thousands of people were just engaging their right to protest. And just like that, Don Lemon explains everything. He doesn't even know that the same exact argument can be utilized. But he thinks that a riot at the Capitol is far worse than a riot that burns down the taco stand in Minneapolis. And I am much more focused on the taco stand in Minneapolis. So I guess it's just perspective. A different story than trying to undermine democracy and stop an election. No one was undermining democracy. No one was undermining democracy. There could have been some people there who actually thought they could stop an election. They couldn't stop the election. And that's the part to remember. Just like the part to remember is Officer Dunn went on to CNN with Don Lemon. Why am I going to listen to this committee? If the objective was to look like partisans and sound like partisans, it is now complete. There was no need to have Officer Dunn on there. As a matter of fact, Capitol Police should have some standards and not allow such a thing to happen. You're in uniform. You work the beat. You're there. Uh, you're testifying. You don't go on TV. No one. Ha- there, there's no standard. Well, there's going to be no faith in this committee. But everything Don Lemon said could be used against Don Lemon to take it in a different direction. That he won't accept it, that's on him. The January 6th commission, until we actually address rioting and until we take a look at everything, this committee, it's just a waste of our time, unfortunately. I'm Tony Katz. Her name is Suni Lee, and she is now a gold medalist. All around women's gymnastics. Simone Biles steps out, and here is her teammate, Suni Lee, getting a gold medal. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Um, impressive, to say the least. Absolutely positively impressive this team is is simply incredible absolutely positively incredible and good on her i mean she's about to be a superstar she i think she's going to auburn i think she's starting as a as a, as a freshman and she's going to be a great example of what happens with nil she's about to be rich nil's name image likeness and the NCAA said, yes, you can profit off your name, your image, or your likeness. And there's some guys already making millions. College, they're making millions from, you know, whether it's NFTs or non-fungible tokens, which is digital uh, kind of uh, artwork, a whole series of things, doing book signings or, or photograph signings, whatever the case may be. Oh, 
Her world's about to get fascinating. Now, via NIL, can she do product endorsement? Yes. She can. Oh, she's going to make $10 million. Easy. Well, then. There it is. There it is. You now, you've now just increased the opportunities for women in, uh, in athletics. Men, too. I don't personally get it, but I guess would you pay $10 for a, an autograph? You know, using that mentality? Yeah, you might. Your kid might want that. Picture, maybe. So, okay, you know, there, there it is. But I have a, I have a piece up at redstate.com where I, I, do, I do video work uh, for their VIP section. Use promo code CATS, you'll get the discount. K-A-T-Z. Become a VIP, redstate.com, promo code CATS. K-A-T-Z, you'll get the discount. And, I, and I'm discussing the Olympics and why people aren't watching. And I make the argument that the problem is not so much the athlete, although some of the athletes are indeed the problem. SUNY Lee is not the problem. SUNY Lee is why you want to watch. The number one in the world, the best in the world, bows out in the most dramatic fashion, and to some, and, and I would even argue to many, a questionable fashion. Just did you have to do it like that? Not questioning whether or not she had this mental moment, which can happen. And then in the backdrop of that, it's like, okay, you're up. And she goes out and wins gold. I mean, that's an insanely awesome, amazing Olympic story. And no one watched. And part of the reason no one watched is, of course, the Megan Rapinos that are out there from the U.S. women's uh, soccer team taking a knee and being super woke. Well, how about the network itself? How about the, both the, on the news side and on the programming side? And how about an administration that also pushes this idea of feeling bad about who you are for not agreeing with them? Don't they realize they turn people off because what they demand is fealty? You must agree with us, otherwise you're the bad person, you're the racist, you're the bigot. That's what they do. I mean, I, I, that, that tweet from, from Corey Bush, I think, says it all. You want to know why parents are opposed to critical race theory? That tweet from Corey Bush, if you didn't uh, read it, I, I will share it with you. I will share it with you. And the problem of homelessness. How do we address this? And exactly have we, have we come to grips with the fact that government solutions won't solve it it's gonna be really up to us that is coming up facebook tony katz radio be sure to like the page this is tony katz today Okay, I know we've played this game before. I'm fully aware we've played the game before, but sometimes, even for me, the game just becomes... Uh, it, it, it's, it's not a game. It's a dangerous, dangerous moment for America. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today. Let's do it. Harris-Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You got hairy legs. 
that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. And then we get into something that he said. It's like I. Why would he say something like that? Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? Wait, what's going on with him? Is something wrong with him? I'm one of the people who argues that I think something's wrong with him. I think he's off. I don't know what that is. I'm not about to diagnose the man. I don't have that skill set. And I find it disgusting when doctors diagnose people on TV. But this, this is just madness. And anyway... And if we I don't do drive an 18 wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, I wish oh, I yeah. That's <laughs> I awesome. got to. <laughs> Did he just say I used to drive an 18 wheeler? He's there, he's in Pennsylvania talking about manufacturing and and anyway. And if we I don't do drive an 18 wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish oh, I yeah. That's <laughs> I awesome. got to. I don't know if he said I used to drive an 18-wheeler or I got to drive an 18-wheeler. I can't tell you if this is people just taking something a little bit too far and trying to make him look bad or if it's him looking bad. The point is there are so many moments where he does this. You know, it's 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 the whole... Uh, thing from the other day right he's he's answering a a a, a question and you're not, you're not what did he say in this what must be what what must be what what must be what and people are like it sounds like he's saying my butt's been wiped now i think he's saying my what's been what like he's somebody asked him a question he wasn't sure he's like my what's been what like he's doing one of those but there comes a moment where everything is just this awkwardness. And that is, I believe, part and parcel of what is leading people to have issues with what's happening in the country. To take a look at confidence and say, it is not there. The, 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 the GDP rose 6.5% last quarter. Dow Jones' estimate was 8.4%. And that's underplaying it. That's underplaying it in a huge way. Every time he has one more of these things, every time, it lends itself, it adds to this lack of faith in the administration. Now, trust me when I say the administration isn't the only place where we have issues. We have issues in our own beloved Indianapolis. The story, uh, and Eric Berman had the, the reporting at WIBC.com. And it's the reporting on, on homelessness. And how what we're we're seeing in 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 the homelessness is that it's up 
and it's up in in a in a very very large way, twenty one percent year over year. Now, part of that could have to do with the fact they changed the methodology in how they do the counting. So maybe it's not the number now is higher, but rather the number years past has been too low. The the number of individuals counted this year is 1,928. So they counted 1,588 in 2020. And uh, 54% are black and 41% are white. Uh, in terms of those who are homeless, if that's the way you want to go about calculating uh, the, these things, it's not the way we should. We need to be calculating these things based on whom we can help. And we can do that, I believe, by breaking these things down into their, their three parts. And, and the three parts are those people who are down on their luck, those people who are addicted, and those people who are mentally ill. And not that there isn't some kind of uh, crossover between the three. I've always broken it down in this way, although an expert can tell me, actually, you might want to break it down this way, uh, because the people who are down on their luck lost a job, lost a house, etc. Somebody passed away. Um, they're the easiest people to help. After that, I would put uh, the conversation of people who have addiction issues, and I'm not saying that's easy. I am saying that based on the anecdotal conversations that I have had on the subject, it seems like a more surmountable or a a shorter road to surmounting than helping people with mental illness because it's very difficult to get through to somebody with mental illness. We have to accept the fact that we have people with mental illness, and there's going to be a great conversation across the country about whether or not institutions need to be filled again. That's coming. We saw what happened when they were uh, let out, and things have not gotten better. The homeless problem here in our beloved Indianapolis is far uh, less than what we're seeing, for example, in Los Angeles, which is a horror show. But the dealing of this is going to involve public-private. And just like downtown Indianapolis built a mall in order to attract people to downtown and have something, have an anchor, they're going to have to do something about the homeless issue. They cannot rely on government. Never mind the fact that Mayor Joe Hogsett is not capable of doing anything. Never mind the fact that the city county council is not able to do anything. They're not capable. It's possible they may not actually be able The less we look to government, the better. And the less we look to incompetent people, the better. We have to be the competent ones. And that involves setting up opportunities for people to be successful. Not funding programs that have always been there. And this is where I'm going to take a lot of flack. I'm okay with that. I, 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 I am fine with flack. There are groups out there that help the homeless, and I'm not saying no. I'm saying good on them. Good on them and glad for them, and I appreciate them and thank them. But if we're not getting people off the streets, we're not handling the situation properly. There has to be a goal, and the goal requires some level of achievement. And the goal is get people off the streets. 
not brush them into a corner like we did for the NCAA championships, like we did for March Madness. We brushed them into a corner and pretended they didn't exist. That's how government handled the situation. What we have to do is accept certain things, and this is hard. Number one, there are going to be some people we can help, and there are going to be some people we can't help. It's not that they're going to fall through the cracks. They're going to force themselves through the cracks. They don't want to be helped. We can only help those we can help. And everybody else who refuses to uh, try and create a better situation and creates, therefore, problems for us has to be dealt with in a different way. And that may be incarceration, and that may be institutionalization, or it may just be a vigilant police force that says you are not welcome to harass people on these streets. You are not welcome to loiter. You're not welcome to panhandle. Very often, you can change behaviors by just being pestering. I would rather these people got help. But I understand that what the top goal has to be is creating a better city. A more vibrant city. A safer city. A growing city. And that involves saying things out loud that you don't necessarily want to say because they're not very nice. We can't help everybody, although we may want to, because some people don't want the help. That doesn't give them the right to make the city worse, and we have to ensure that. We also do not have to fund any of the organizations that are nothing more than band-aids to the solving of a problem. And how is the problem solved? People removed from the streets, less homeless on the streets, less panhandling on the street. Panhandling should be the rare occurrence as opposed to how many panhandlers did you run into? That's how it has to work. That requires a a, a sense of will, a serious willpower, and that requires us recognizing here are the goals. Then you're going to need private industry just like they did for the mall, to put up real dollars to achieve the goal. And the goal starts with identifying those people who are down in their luck and getting them into a place where they can get back on with their lives. These things are not just, oh, left-wing crackpot. Tell them to just get a job. Uh, Stop it. Stop it. We're all too smart for that nonsense. You already heard me say that there is a bottom line. The streets have to clean up. And one way or another, they're going to clean up. If people don't like the way we do it, they can go move to another city. They're welcome to go to Chicago. If Chicago doesn't want to get tough about this. If somebody decides they want to live their lives on the streets, I can't stop them. What I can do is stop them from pestering people who want to walk down our streets. See the difference? And that requires a force of will, one that I personally have. But we're going to need other people who have it as well. And it's going to involve doing the most that we can and recognizing that you can't do all of it. You cannot save every soul. So we start with the people who are down on their luck. You need a place to live. You need to eat. You need to make sure your kids are safe. Okay, what happened? Here's how we can help. Boom, you're back out there in the world working, doing your thing. 
Is the house as big as the one you had? Uh, maybe not. Is the job as, as, as uh, financially uh, rewarding? Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. But what you were doing was awful. This is a million percent better. Now you can set your course from here. How do you now create uh, drug and alcohol programs that actually get people moving and grooving? What do you add to those? Maybe there are programs that exist that do help, but they need some level of supplement to get people back into their lives. Well, then let's be that. Maybe the answer isn't a new program, but actually a very strict level of coordination to get these things done. Again, might not work at the first. Again, not going to save every person. But if the private doesn't start, it's never going to happen. I believe these numbers are real, and I, and I think that when you look at this counting so far, it, okay, I think they are doing it better. They are counting it better, sharing this information better. We built a mall to build a city. We can't solve this problem by making demands of ourselves to ensure a better future for everyone with the clear recognition that not Everyone will respond to it, and not everyone can be saved. The difference between the conservative and the liberal is that recognition as I see it. You can try, but you can't save everyone. You can't make a difference in everyone's life no matter how much you want to, and you can't force them to do it. But there are people who want the help who we can help, and there are people who may take to a new way of looking at the help. Let us be the ones who go out there and do it and create a better city. Maybe a model for the rest of the country. Maybe they don't have to pay attention. We need results because what we have now is failure. It's time to look inward. Government is not here to help. I'm Tony Katz. It's going to be an infrastructure weekend. I mean, that's going to be the conversation. The $1.2 trillion on the infrastructure plan, and that's the bipartisan plan. I don't even know why we have a bipartisan plan. I don't know what the point of it is when Democrats are looking at a $3.5 trillion plan that goes through reconciliation so no Republican votes, and they're thrilled by that. Absolutely, positively overjoyed by it. This $1.2 trillion uh, infrastructure bill, uh, they say, according to Rob Portman, a uh, senator from, uh, from Ohio, we have an agreement on the major issues. Okay. You know who's not agreeing on the major issues? Uh, Representative Cory Bush. She put out a photo of those people involved in the bipartisan infrastructure conversation. Men and women, Republican and Democrats, they all happen to be white. And she tweets out, is this the bipartisan infrastructure group or the audience at a Kid Rock concert? Hashtag negotiations so white. So I pointed out what is 
clear. Cori Bush is calling them racist. Republican and Democrat, representative and senator, man and woman, just labeling them racist because of the color of their skin. And people wonder why parents are concerned about critical race theory in schools. Remember, she's calling it racist because she's saying there is nobody of color on this committee, so it's really not helping the neighborhoods that need it, this infrastructure bill. You got $3.5 trillion, you don't even care about Republicans in passing, that deals with human infrastructure, you can feel the air quotes, which is a meaningless term for uh, spending uh, nonsense. It's a gift, it's a grift, it's, it's nonsense. Human infrastructure. But you're only worried that these people aren't going to do well for other people who might not look like them. You called them all bigots. You decided based on the color of their skin, they're bigots. That's critical race theory. That's how parents see it. And she wonders why parents get upset. Good Lord. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. Have you liked the page yet? You should really do that. Go to TonyKatz.com, get the podcast, see the articles, support the show right there. This is Tony Katz today. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.